All right, welcome back to But Why Should I Care with Deanna Huff and myself, Ellie Huff. Today we're going to be discussing, we sort of realized a trend in the past few episodes, if you will. You know, sitting here discussing other ideas, other practices of various religions, right? And recognizing what, you know, is the common good. You know, can we recognize, can we extract what is good from each one? Can we look at and like kind of dissect them and analyze them, right? Mm -hmm. And then can we take those and make them a part of our worldview? Is, is it okay to do particular practices with our worldview of Christianity, right? Yes. So this whole concept of what does it mean to be in the world and not of it? Which is really interesting because when we start talking about that, it really takes a number of podcasts to be able to talk about all the nuances of what that really looks like to be in the world and not of it. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many different facets that come out of what does it look like to follow Christ. Right. What does it look like to follow Christ and in our day and time, right? So how do we, you know, go about this this um, balance between doing what the Bible says and then exploring what the Bible doesn't talk about, you know, specifically? What right? some people would maybe say is in the gray. Right, exactly. Or just, you know, up for interpretation or by way of your conviction even. Some people get scared when people say like, it's, you know, this is this is a problem of conviction. Right? Exactly, exactly. Even though that is laid out in the Bible, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Paul talks about that, right? living according to your conscience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So this is what we're going to be discussing today. Whether and we're, I think last time we sort of harped more on the concept of the world of ideas, right? This knowing what is right and is wrong, and then putting it all together in a worldview, right? This time we're going to specifically discuss acting on that, right? What does it look like to participate in practices that are affiliated with particular other religions, right? Exactly. And, and like are rooted almost in that, the, the practice is almost rooted in, in, in the religion. Yeah, right? because the problem that the church is really facing on so many levels is that you have all these Christians in a world that is pluralistic, right? right? So they're trying to say all religions are equally true and equally valid, and you can just kind of take on anything that you want. Whereas Christianity is saying, I'm going to follow the law of Christ mm -hmm. and the things of Jesus. And so what does that entail? Can mm -hmm. I participate in this and not in this or not in this and in this? Right. And that's really what we're going to be discussing. So let's start with an example, right? To get us all on the same page. Let's talk about yoga, right? Okay. Because this is an easy one because I feel like there was a, it, it's really popular in many circles now but I like with my friends right a while back I went to a yoga session to see what it was all about to see how spiritual it actually was right this whole practice mm -hmm. of stretching in a warm room and being led by some type of, of guide right now some people would say hey you shouldn't be doing that right and then other people would say what's yeah, the problem okay what's what's the problem with that like right. you say exactly so we're dealing with this dilemma of like Am I participating accidentally almost, you know, in a religious experience that I don't believe is good, right? Mm -hmm. So you're trying to figure out if if that is permissible, right? That's exactly right. So go to this, you know, yoga session 
and ultimately did a lot of stretching. Very important to do these like physical things for your body and I enjoyed it and then the last like probably 10-15 minutes we sat in silence and no not silence there was I think there's music on or something like that and they the guide sort of encouraged us to open our minds up and listen to our breathing and continue to connect because you know yoga means unity right right so it's this process of putting the physical and the spiritual together in order to unite yourself with some type of higher power right mm-hmm. and I just didn't <laughs> right? right I just didn't open my mind up I you know, sat there for a second, had a moment of rest where I rest in the spirit of God, right? I, I'm opening my mind up to fill it with the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So there wasn't this big ethical problem for me as I was in the room. And you could say I was practicing yoga. You could more specifically say I was just in a room stretching with an athletic guy, right? Right. So all that to say, I mean, it's a lot of conviction, right? It's whether you can stand firm in what you believe and not be shaken. Right. It's almost like a test. And I think one thing that is different about your experience with this as well is mm-hmm. that your intention was to go and explore what is this about mm-hmm. and why are people having controversy over whether or not someone should participate. And at the end of it, you were able to what? Talk to the lady at the end. Yeah, I went up and talked to the guy to the end. And I got to like ask her questions about what she believed about God, what she believed about what yoga actually is. You know, we have this like robust discussion because she opened her door, welcomed me in, right? And so it's just that kind of idea of what Jesus did with people, which is just going in and being where they are and discussing their questions and discussing my questions of them, right? That's exactly right. And I I think that it would be important to state as well that there are times when Christians will participate in things for the sake of sharing the gospel or for the sake of trying to figure out what is this all about, Mm -hmm. maybe to ask questions, to open doors. Right. And we can't always see someone's motivation. Right. Right. And we need to be careful about judging them. But also, I would say on the other side of that, that we also need to be cautious about participating in those things and that we shouldn't put ourselves in situations Mm -hmm. that are going to be in the appearance of calling out false gods, right? Right. So I would also add to that. I remember in a college course I had regarding um, different world religions, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The professor had lived in another country and was figuring out if he should go to the temple or not with the new people that he met, right? So do you go to the temple with your new friends and continue to share the gospel with them, see what they're all about? Or do you stay back and say, I won't go to your temple with you, you know? Because like both have their different pros and cons almost, you know? It's like, so that's when you have to just fall back on the word, right? See as Jesus did, see as the, you know, characters in the Bible went about situations similar to this and then pray. And don't syncretize them. Don't okay. D- don't fall into a synchristic thought thinking. Yeah, I can take on on this sure, and take yes, on Christianity yes. and merge the two together. No, no, no. That's not what we're saying at all. In fact, we're Same saying opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, we're saying no. You should hold to yes. your convictions. You should hold to Christianity, and you should you should make sure that. It, this is an intentional way of being able to share the gospel. Right, it's an access point. 
It is. Yeah. And and you have to be able to be strong enough to be in those environments. I know mm-hmm. that, for example, there are two that I was going to give. One is that when my students that I teach in apologetics, mm-hmm. I take them on what's called world religion tours. Yes. And we go into places that have opposing views to Christianity mm-hmm. and we ask them questions about their religion. Yes. We ask them, it's almost like an interview process. Yeah. And then we allow them to ask us questions right. in hopes that we might build relationships and be able to share the gospel with them at some point yeah. because we want to love people and we know that God will provide yes. a time for us to be able to share that share the gospel with other people. Now, yeah. I will also say that someone who is participating in yoga on a regular basis and is fully committing to all of those things without having the intention of the gospel behind it, right. then I would say be on your guard. Now, right. at the end of the day, they have to read God's Word yes. and have the conviction of that. But what I would say is that Paul does deal with these things in First Corinthians, which we're mm-hmm. going to talk about here in just a second. But before we do, the second point I was going to make was that when I was in college, I would always do street ministry yes. with a group of individuals we would pray for a couple hours before we went out then we would go out and we would uh, share the gospel with people now we would go into places that i would never have gone if it weren't for us (laughs) intentionally going to share the gospel right right? now i wasn't in places that i shouldn't be in now there there is a line right yeah you just took safety precautions but yeah yeah (laughs) so we were wise in what we did. What right. God's word says, be wise as serpents, innocent as doves, right? right. So yes. we have to be careful about those things. But our, our intention was to share the gospel. Yes. And so there was a time when we all went up to Mardi Gras and Ooh. we spent the whole week sharing the gospel. That's now, fun. we didn't participate in the things that That's they did there. No, just... we, we, did, we did block parties to be able to share the gospel with people who were in communities with lower income. And it was an amazing time for God to do work. And we didn't participate in things that were evil, right? Mm -hmm. But if someone would have seen us on the street and probably would have thought <laughs> they could have said that could hey, have made an assumption what are, what are what are they doing at mardi gras right, right. Well, we weren't participating in mardi gras per se yes. but we were participating in seeing people who were lost and that god wanted us to share the gospel right. with them and Absolutely. i think that that's that's really important right i can't count the number of crystal shops me and my friends used to go to in order to see the pretty rocks but also you know talk to them about God and like ask them questions because you know you just have to find your something that you're curious about you know and this is this is a little bit of I feel like the motivation behind this is this like curiosity right so curiosity can be this this motivation you know just due to our innate sense and longing for understanding right mm-hmm. so we desire to explore this world of ideas and you know decipher it right and and just look into different religions, their different practices, go into different temples, hypothetically see street vendors, right? In in New York City, right? You're walking by 
and they're it's a it's a, a food truck okay hypothetically and they're selling halal yeah halal food right so these halal meals are kosher for islamic yes people right exactly so it's this particular type of food right but then you get stopped with that question of like am i gonna eat food that i'm not supposed to right right and so you're just sitting there in front of the food truck trying to figure out if you're going to order something and they're like you're going to order something and you're like i don't i don't know yet please give me a second i gotta send a prayer to the lord uh but you know like this is this question of conviction right right or as as the verse says in the bible that we discussed right yeah in first corinthians chapter 10 right we, it, it, the whole chapter you can see that it talks about people who are dealing with this idea because what happened you had the jewish people mm-hmm. who were living under the laws of the hebrew scriptures the right. old testament and then you have the gentiles and they don't know anything about the old testament laws right both jews and gentiles are coming to christ and in the church they're trying to learn how to decipher what is right and what is wrong Mm -hmm. and you see this played out in the book of galatians as well right Right. and you see paul is dealing with foods specifically sacrificed to idols Mm -hmm. where people were asking hey can we eat this food because it's been sacrificed to idols and we don't know if it's wrong for us to be eating it. We bought it at the mm-hmm. market, right. and now we feel bad about it, but we already prayed to the one true God who is yeah. Jesus Christ, God, mm-hmm. and we think it's okay to eat. Yeah. The Jewish people are going, wait, no, you can't eat that because it's been sacrificed to idols. But then Paul comes along in chapter 10, and he says, no, 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 no. He says, listen, you should partake in things according to your conscience sake yeah if you think that it's wrong to eat it don't eat it if you think it's okay to eat it mm-hmm. eat it and he says go with your conviction because at the base of that you should do everything for the glory of god right right and, and that's, that's important it. right that's the whole point is whatever you do do it all to the glory of god right that's right so follow your conviction trust in the holy spirit because he is there to guide right and right. offer uh this peace and this assurance like don't worry about it don't let you know your anxieties take over and then you constantly like ruminate over these questions like am i doing what's right you can like that that's that's not even healthy right that's not a good way to live that's not how god wanted us to live right we're under the law of christ right, right? right. and that is to love him wholeheartedly to love our neighbors ourselves. and the reality is is that we are going to encounter believers that are on different paths in the journey yes. meaning that you're going to encounter very new believers mm-hmm. and very mature believers they've mm-hmm. maybe come to christ and lived a long time in the scriptures mm-hmm. and have an understanding where they are convicted in such a way that they say you know what I realize this is not going to glorify God in me doing this. Mm -hmm. You might have a very new believer who doesn't maybe have the same understanding who says, I want to glorify God and I'm going to give thanks to him for this. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. And, And this is what we see Paul 
dealing with is that you have a variety of people who are trying to love God. Mm-hmm. And that's that's definitely what we want to be about. Right. And so I think this leads nicely into this concept of what we kind of want to focus on a little bit, which is legalism, right? That's so exactly right. We're talking about this earlier and we're just kind of trying to break down what does it look like for us to figure out what actions are appropriate for Christianity and which ones are. And conviction can be a very, almost ambiguous, you know, mm-hmm. feeling. Yes. Uh, so It, like, makes you, it yeah. almost makes you feel like, oh, well, everybody gets to do whatever they, they want. want. And yeah. that's not at all that's what we're not. trying to convey. Right. So, you know, as we're discussing this, we felt this like, I at least, the perception that I have of, you know, particular Christians I've come in contact with is, if something is based on conviction, then we should go with the person who is the most convicted. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And yes. they're like, if you're not as convicted as I am, you're not doing it right. Right? Yeah. And there's this sense of like, am I distant from God? Because I feel like I can, you know, go into a crystal store and hang out. Right? And you're just like, I feel like I am just not doing something right. And then there's this whole question of like, am I even in the right way, right? Am I mm-hmm. on the narrow path? <laughs> Is my path too wide, right? So I think it's good to focus on the fact that conviction is a personal, like that's, that's and analytically like what it is conviction means a personal tugging of assessment. your heart feeling mm-hmm. right right so and i think what people miss here is that it's an assessment mm-hmm. of reading the scriptures yeah praying allowing the holy spirit to lead you which is john mm-hmm. 14 john 16 the holy yes. spirit will guide you and lead you in all truth yes and then you follow that in such a way that God will guide your steps. Mm -hmm. And if the intention there is to build bridges or to share in such a way that you are inviting someone to know God more deeply Mm -hmm. or to know Him at all, then we we need to be more concerned about what God thinks more than what man Man thinks. thinks. And, And here's the thing, we see that played out here. Yes. in the scriptures as well. We can't necessarily see everything that is taking place from mm-hmm. our perception and think that that's right. Right. And why is that? I mean, our perception isn't the exact reality, right? You know, the people, the the story about Jesus and the people perceiving him the wrong way. That's What's exactly that right. Yeah, so that's in Matthew chapter 11, which we see where... Jesus is explaining that John, John the Baptist, who he's referring to, he didn't come eating or drinking, and the people would say, he has a demon in him. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, came eating and drinking, and they said, he's a gluttonous, he's a drunkard, he's a friend of tax collectors, Mm -hmm. and so there was all this concern Mm -hmm. over what their external actions were portraying and that i mean that comes from the pharisees right yes whitewashed tombs as jesus called them right so there's this idea that if you show that like if you if you're perceived as a good person you are a good person that's simply i mean you take it back to the earliest of the socrates he's like that doesn't show what goodness is like virtue is this this goodness that you habitually are experiencing a desire to do good. 
not because anyone's watching you, not because you're being rewarded, not because of anything. It's just you do rightly because you desire to live well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So this is so fascinating that, you know, the Pharisees who were supposedly knew the Hebrew scriptures the best, right? Yeah. And they they were conveying that they yeah. were following the law yes. the most, yes. the best. And Jesus said, you whitewashed tombs. Exactly. Right? So this concept of like, you're dead inside. You look nice, but you're dead inside. It's really important to, you know, self-reflect, see if that is you, right? Uh, see if that is me, right? Mm-hmm. Is, am I just trying to be perceived as a, in a way and not truly being changed in like inside right mm-hmm. by the scriptures and through prayer and you know asking my friends around me like is am i are we seeing fruit right this right, like right. importance of self reflection and sitting in a room by yourself and thinking am i proud of this right that's exactly right am i excelling mm-hmm. in the things of God, and and this is what we mean right. by the law of Christ, right? Yes, yeah. He he says, love God and love neighbor. All the law and prophets hang upon these two things, mm-hmm. and then you and then you see the expressions of this, like in Galatians five, right? Right. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, patience, peace, goodness, right? Kindness. <laughs> good. That was good. Is that no? That was good. That was good. <laughs> okay. You like slightly gonna... put it out of order, in my like childhood <laughs> instinct was to be like, hmm. That's but so no, you didn't. Right. Yes. <laughs> that was good. And that's how discourse should be handled right there. So what we want to do is excel in these things of Christ. And that might mean that we participate in things out of our own conviction, mm-hmm. out of our own conscience bearing weight on us. Right. That is that the Holy Spirit is living in us and, and guiding us as mm-hmm. well. And we're able to participate in a way that is going to be reflective of extending a hand to draw someone into a gospel conversation. Right. And, you know, you're going to have a a case after that, right? So, like, what I mean by that is, you know, when people challenge you on it, you're going to look back and be like, well, this is why I did it. And I think that that shows when it's the internal is made, like, external is when you you're able to articulate why you believe that this practice is right. And that's when you can start really getting into the nitty gritty of like conviction, which I don't think we necessarily do these days because there's this like almost fear of like shame, right? Did I do something wrong? Did anyone see me? But that's not that, I mean, that's what divides us in the church, right? Yeah. Is this concept of fear and shame of what I've done Knowing that I'm probably right, but still there's that little like, I don't want to be wrong and I don't want people to see me, right? Right. It's it's this whole idea of, you know, you don't want to have the appearance of evil and right. we don't and we don't want to do that, right? right? But at the same time, we are gonna find our play we are gonna find ourselves in places just like Jesus did. Right. And people are gonna look at us and go, They've lost their mind. Right. People are gonna see what they wanna to see too, you know? Mm-hmm. And people aren't our plumb line, right? Comparison that's a, that's kills. A great, that's, you know, that's a everyone great says that. Comparison thought. kills, and our plumb line should be Jesus. In that's that. right. If he was perceived as a drunkard, a glutton, a glutton. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But he wasn't. And see, that's the thing. He wasn't. He wasn't. Right. And, and that's what has to be true yes, for you as a listener, is that 
and and for us as well and that is <laughs> applies to all of us is and that is that our audience is God One. right yeah. he knows our internal heart mm-hmm. and it should flow out to the external right so the law of Christ right he gives us in his scripture and we are given this like boundary which a little bit sounds controlling obviously because there's these negative connotations on being inferior to something but it's almost like a existentialist used to say like we're trapped in our freedom right mm-hmm. so if we're so free nothing like if if everything is permissible then we're not going to be able to to navigate through what we should do right that's right so there's this beauty in the law of Christ right Right. And the fact that there is objective law Mm -hmm. and there are clear things in scripture. There are Mm -hmm. clear things that God prohibits in an effort that we would flourish and do well. Mm -hmm. And so let the clear things be clear. Right. But what we're talking about here today are the unclear things. The things, the gray area. Yeah, yeah, the things that Paul is talking about in what we mentioned earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter Mm -hmm. 10. I mean, this would be like someone saying, well, I think this ought to be a special holiday. And another Christian saying, I don't think this ought to be a special holiday. Now, those are the things that we're talking about Mm -hmm. being convicted by your conscience if you want to celebrate that day celebrate it we could we could talk about the idea of halloween i mean that would be another i thought you were maybe going for hanukkah (laughs) or hanukkah you could eat i feel like i've had that discussion with people yeah you could even you could even talk about those things right so let the scriptures be clear where the scriptures are clear let us be able to live out our convictions and love one another Mm -hmm. and extend the gospel in ways that God puts us in our spheres and and extend grace, extend grace through it all. Exactly. Right. But why should we care at the end of the day about all this stuff and legalism? Why do we care? So I would say the emphasis lies in this sort of wise, like leeriness, you know, in, in being like, should I? do this participate in this practice this or shouldn't i you know which is wise and what we're supposed to do we, we live in a world that's ever changing with different things that we're curious about we want to know if what we want to do is right or wrong okay we can't just stay cooped up in our house so as to be extremely cautious and not ever have to re- have to experience this this is something we should be experiencing every day mm-hmm. being challenged being wondering like is is this something that i can use as an access point or is this like very dangerous and i should like maybe stay away from because things can be a slippery slope like we're not going to be naive of that right you open one door it could be it could open another door right you don't want to veer into this sketchy gray area that you can't that you feel like is a fog instead of like this guidance by the holy spirit to open a an access point right so i think that having a tool ready right and i don't know just hearing other people be like yeah no you're affirmed in that questioning you're also affirmed in like follow your conviction right so at the end of the day follow scripture go back to scripture pray seek accountability you know like ask other people that you trust and then follow your conviction Right. Yeah, because we need to be a light yes. in the world. Yes. We are supposed to be a city on a hill. And I didn't go into it previously, but Paul 
used all sorts of things that he learned. And even when he's talking about the idea of bad company corrupts good character, we see that all the way back with Meander, right? Go ahead. This this was not something that was absolutely brand new and that it's Mm -hmm. only in the scriptures. But instead, he was in his culture and he was using language that they could relate with. And here he is having this philosophical thought and teaching and training because it is a true universal idea. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want our inner 12 to be every lost person in the world. But instead, we want to have an inner circle of people that build us up, that help us in the faith mm-hmm. that are you know give us that accountability that you're talking about in prayer and all those things but also be in the world and not of it exactly we need to be a light right right that's important mm-hmm. and then also we need to remember that we are pleasers of god yes and not pleasers of man right and if we will keep that as a central focus it will help guide a lot of decisions that we have ahead of us. Right. So at the end of the day, we hope that this is helpful in in guiding your being in the world and not of it mindset. And we hope this one made you think.